I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 119, Psalm 119. As we continue through the letters of the alphabet, of the Hebrew alphabet, which is the way this psalm is broken up, there are eight verses per letter, starting with, if it was English, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Well, this is the letter Teth in Hebrew. And this section, uh, I guess if I was to title it, it'd have to do with the word good uh, for the psalmist and how good the Lord is. So we'll just say this, God is good. And when you take a look, we see that there are three major things, and then he ends it with the great wealth that he has. So what we see in verse number 65, we see a great testimony. We see great teaching in verse 66 and 68. But, oh, in verses 67 and 69 to 71, we see great testing. And then, verse 72, we see a grand wealth. Let's take a look at the great testimony. In verse number 65, Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. Uh, You know, you've dealt well with me. You're good, God. You are good. A blessing, God. Thank you. Thou hast dealt well. I'm grateful that he deals with us, and he deals with us well. And the neat thing is, it's in the perfect tense in the Hebrew, which simply means he just doesn't deal kind of well. He doesn't deal partially well. He's not good sometime. It, it has the, the, the perfect tense has the idea of completion. It is total. He is always dealing well with his servants, his sons and daughters in Christ. He deals well. God is good. And we know the old saying, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. And so we see a wonderful testimony of how good God is. You have dealt well with me, and you did it according unto thy word. Now, could I just say, there's a a lot of promises in the Word of how good God is. How often, when we read the Bible, do we write those promises down and remind us as we go through the day? For instance, when we write the promise down or memorize the verse that He will never leave us nor forsake us. How about that? That's an exceeding great and precious promise. I want to read to you what Peter said because I love what Peter said. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things. He's so good. 
that pertain unto life and godliness. Everything you need to live life and everything you need to live godly, he's already through his divine power, the divinity of the Godhead, his divine dunamis, dynamic living dynamite power, has given us all things. And he's given it to us through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us not promises, not precious promises, not great promises, but exceeding great and precious promises. That's how, that's called where you just stack up the adjectives. Man, you just keep it going. And he said, here's the reason why he's given us these exceeding great and precious promises. That by these, these promises, ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the great gift. And so when God's done well, thank him for his doing well. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul, the songwriter said. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. You're good according to your work, just like you promised over there in Peter, just like you promised that you would keep your word, just like you promised that you would do these things. Your word is proven true that you are a good God. Your word is proven true that you are a loving God. Your word is proven true that you do deal well with us. So then he goes from this great testimony, having said that, to again this wonderful word, teach me. And again, it is uh, a, uh, the, the word teach has everything to do with, I want it, give it to me. It's in the imperative. I've got to have it. I can't go along without it. Now, it's not in the hiffel stem this time, like in the section that we dealt with a little while ago, where it calls me. This is in that intensive stem where he's saying, uh, I, I want you to cause me up here in these verses. And now I'm saying, come on, give it to me right now. I'm excited. I'm ready. I want to learn. Give it to me. Teach me good judgment. Oh, teach me good. I want to judge right. I want to have good discernment. I want to discern between right and wrong. I want your word to be so powerful in me that you teach it to me that I absolutely go and go, oh, that's not good. Oh, that is good. That's not good. That's bad. That Oh, that's great. I want to do that teach me not just judgment good judgment and knowledge and i kind of like the way he said teach me good knowledge and good judgment and the reason why is we don't need to learn the bad judgments in order to do good we need to learn the good judgments to see the bad and stay away from it it reminds me of when i took the uh, teller's test many 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 years ago uh to uh, see if I could become a bank teller when I was trying to get a job temporarily while waiting uh, for uh, a position that I had to be full-time in the church. I was being paid. I was working full-time, basically, but being paid part-time, and I needed to supplement that, and I passed the test. But one of the things that was very, very interesting to me was they said, when we will do is we will train you constantly just over and over you will count and count and count in your training real money real money real money real money you will never handle a counterfeit bill we will not teach that to you you will become so familiar with the real thing 
that you will spot the counterfeit a mile away. I say hallelujah. Let's become so engrossed in the word of God saying, teach me, Lord, I'm ready. Give me that good judgment so I can discern and judge correctly and know and knowledge. Man, I, give me that knowledge that is your knowledge from above and I will be able to spot all the wickedness away. Teach me your knowledge. The word knowledge there has everything to do with a learning that promotes insight and discernment that reveals the concept of using wisdom in what you know. Give me the knowledge that gives me the ability to discern so I can apply wisdom. And when he says this to the Lord, he says, teach me this, and I'm excited. I want to know because, listen to this, for I have believed thy commandments. I have believed thy commandments. You commanded, and I believed it. I mean, full faith and assurance. I have built my life and my entire support system and my nurturing, and I have established it on the very commandments of God. I believe. He said, here's what that is. That's in the hiffle stem. So it goes like this. Teach me. Give me. Ah, I'm excited. Good judgment and knowledge. For I have believed. I have been caused to believe thy commandments because you have taught me and given me discernment and judgment and knowledge. And then he goes down to verse number 68. He says, Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. Again, teach me in the uh, intensive excitement. Yes, imperative. Teach me. I got to know it. I want to know it. I need teaching. Now, let me tell you what the psalmist did in these two verses. He made a decision. He wanted to be taught. That's why he was so intense, because he had made that decision. But he also had a demand to be taught. I need it. Give it to me. I want it. Right now, Lord, help. Uh, Then uh, we see not only the demand, but we see the demonstrative of it. Demonstrative meaning (sighs) intense because of the way he said it. And then we see the desire. Thou art good and doest good. You are a good God. I love you. God is good. Teach me thy statutes. And again, the statutes are those words that are engraven. And what we do, listen to me, in our life is we engrave it in our heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart. That's coming up in Psalm 119. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We have an engraving in our heart. Thou art good. Thank you, Lord. You are good. You're kind. You're gentle. You are easy to be entreated. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Teach me. Teach me. All through the Psalms, uh, we see the need to be taught. But in Psalm 119, in the Word of God chapter, he makes it clear, absolute clear, I need to be taught. I want to be taught. I'm excited to be taught. Cause me to get it because I'm dealing totally with your Word and all these synonyms for the Word of God. He had a great testimony of the Lord. He had great teaching from the Lord that he wanted more than anything in the world. But unfortunately, as is in the case in many, many, many lives, in fact, yea, all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, there was great testing. There was great testing. Look at verse number 67. 
Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. Now, what I find interesting about this verse is this. He says, before I was afflicted, I actually got away from you, Lord. But when I got afflicted, I actually kept your word. Now, think about this. And I've said this, and uh, it's proven in history. Popularity hurts the church. Popularity, if it's left unchecked, will kill the church. It will become a social gathering of people who are having fellowships but have nothing to do with the Word of God, the things of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God, the demands of God, the doctrines of God, the duties, and the things that are commandments and precepts and statutes. It won't happen. Before I was afflicted. Now, popularity ruins the church, but persecution strengthens the church. And for several reasons. First of all, People are not going to sit around and be persecuted that don't really love the Lord. The people who will go through persecution, testings, and trials, and tribulations, and all that, the people that will do that are people who really love the Lord. Those who will face martyrdom head on and do what they do, that is because they have a sincere joy and delight in their heart that they want to serve God and they're willing to live for him and they're willing to lay down their life for him Stephen set lay down uh, at the feet of those people as he died but it says he fell asleep and his face was they said as they looked at him as the face of an angel and before he died he said I see Jesus standing at the father's right hand that didn't go over well with him at all I mean did not go good at all did not like it, but he went as a martyr. And I'm glad to tell you that many of the martyrs have had testimonies like that. You read Fox's Book of Martyrs. Man, they did that over and over again. And Paul was another one. Think about what Paul said when he was going through his missionary journeys and things. And all of a sudden, he comes into uh, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, testimony, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews. He was always being sought by them. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Yeah, that's what they said. He's just always being afflicted. But look at verse 24 of Acts 20. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. See, uh, the affliction. Before I was afflicted, man, there's a lot of people would like to get out there and oppress you and get in your face and tell you off. And there's places across the world that they will die for their faith even as this broadcast is being recorded. But the psalmist said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. I got off the path. 
I got on the wrong road. I got off the road I should have been on. I mean, I got I went I got seduced off of it. I went to it the wrong side of things. I've been into error. I'm in trouble. It's my fault, Lord. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now, now that I'm afflicted, now I have kept thy word. I have put a guard. You see, what we find here is the benefit of testing. The benefit of testing. It stopped the wandering. Amen. It stopped the going astray. It stopped the being led into error. It stopped all of that. But it started the learning again, back into the Word of God. And it started the guarding of that Word. He put that garrison, that Word kept, he put that guard around his heart. We look at verse number uh, 69. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. In verse number 69, we see the boastful. And uh, listen to that. They, they forge lies. The boastful are forgers of lies. They're just forgers of lies. He said, but I will keep thy precepts. He said, I'm going to guard the precepts, the principles. I'm not only going to guard thy word and everything that's in it, but when that word gives me principles to live by, I'm guarding those principles. And I am going to do it with my whole heart. Whole heartedness. My friend, didn't that what he started out with in verses 9, 10, and 11 in the beginning of this chapter? Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee? Oh, let me not wander from his commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Verses 9, 10, and 11. Hallelujah. Wholeheartedness. What a concept. Wholeheartedness. Put your whole heart and life into the principles of the Word of God. Then he goes on and describes those proud forgers of lies. And he said, their heart is as fat as grease. The idea of that really is that they're calloused. It's, they're just gunked up. He said their, their heart just has a bunch of junk and gunk in it that's clogging their veins, as we think about the old trans fats we used to think about. He said it's just nothing. They, they, don't, they don't have a heart that's wholehearted. Their heart's messed up and in trouble. But I delight in thy law. Man, I am absolutely thrilled. It is my desire. It is my delight. I love your law, Lord. I love it. I'm excited. And by the way, that I am uh, delight, that is in the perfect tense. I completely am delighted. I am totally 100% delighted in your law. I love every single thing about your word. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so he comes to this thought about the great testing that he was going through. Now think about what he says here. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. He said, it's good. It was a good thing for me to be afflicted. It was just a good thing that this happened. I'm grateful that this happened to me because it causes me to learn thy precepts. I want to learn your precepts. 
your statutes actually said here the the word of god engraven we have the written word of god but it also needs to be taken from there and engraven upon our heart the bible makes it very clear about trials and tribulations but paul said and not only so but we glory in tribulations also how about that he said, I glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. When you go through trials and tribulations and tribulations, it, it makes you a more patient person. And then patience brings experience because you're calmly going through it, learning from the experience. And then the experience brings hope, confident expectations. The Lord's in control and he's going to take care of everything. And hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Therefore, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Things work together for good. Now, not all things are good. Someone gave the illustration this way. The ingredients to make homemade biscuits are not good to eat alone. If you take the ingredient of flour and just eat flour, yuck. You know, uh, if you take uh, butter and you just eat a whole spoonful of butter, no, that, that's not. If you take shortening or whatever it is that you use in your homemade recipe, a lot of those ingredients on their own are terrible. But you mix them all together and put it in the oven. And when it goes to the fire, guess what happens? It comes out to something that's delicious. And it works together. All those ingredients heated together work together for beautiful, wonderful, homemade biscuits. And everything that God puts through us through and to and in and on, it works together as we go through the fire of persecution to come out to be that which is good. God will turn it around to God. Good. Even the wrath of man shall praise me. The remainder of wrath will I restrain, one of the Psalms says. He said, if God said, if anybody in man's world wants to be wrathful, I'll turn it around and make it praise me or I won't let it happen. Simple as that. Peter said that the trial of our faith was much more precious than of gold that perisheth. Even though it was being tried with fire and it kind of hurts, you know. He said, it's so that we might be found under the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And so trials and troubles and tribulations and things it's just part of life it is way it is but just remind yourself like he said it's good that I have been afflicted because before I was afflicted I went astray but now I've kept thy word so Lord you are good and you do good and we'll put that in my mind no matter what happens you're good and I'm going to endure the trials of life and I'm going to uh, endure the tri tribulations of life when you tr give me trials I'm going to let it work and make what you want out of me when temptations come i'm going to look for the off-ramp to get away from it and know as people persecute me and all that they persecuted you and know that the world would love me if i was one of its own but because i'm not i'm now yours it hated you therefore it will hate me so we see there is an incredible uh, thing here that he learns then after a great testimony the good great teaching and great testing he rounds it out in verse number 72 when he talks about the grand wealth. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. He said, when you teach me straight out of your mouth, and by the way, when I uh, learn, 
and I pray, of course, we have the Bible now, so he speaks. But remember, the written word reveals the word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. And it's the Holy Ghost living in us that makes the word come alive. So we are being taught out of the mouth of the Holy Ghost. It's just in our hearts. And so uh, we say the law of thy mouth. When you speak, and I read the word, and, I, and this is what I pray every morning in my morning devotions. Lord, speak to me. Leap off the page and speak directly to me for this time, this day, and what I need for this day and answers that I'm looking for in things that are going on, if it's your will to give them to me. The law from your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver. There are a lot of people who say, oh, no, 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 money's everything. Man, to have that kind, thousands of gold and silver, I'd be a rich man. Oh, think of what I could do. You're going to just lose it all when the time comes that you pass away, and you're going to spend eternity someplace. What do you want to have up there when that time comes? That's the problem most people don't look at. The psalmist, in seeing all of this affliction, realized how good it was and realized that this revealed truth of God's Word was more important and more valuable than thousands of gold and silver. Did you get that? More important, absolutely more important than anything that this world has to offer that's got any kind of wealth attached to it. And it is more valuable. You say, gold, man, that's valuable. That buys things. That gives you power. That It doesn't give you any power with God. God is the one that gives you the power to do all things to Christ who strengthens you. God is the one who supplies all your need according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. God is the one who gives you exceedingly great and precious promises. God is the one who opened your eyes to the Spirit of God, to Calvary and Christ and what he did on the cross so that you could be saved. God is the one who has promised you life eternal and a brand new body and only he can do it. You see... The, that there's no there's no money that can buy what you and I have not one thing but I do know this the psalmist is right the value of the word of God is far superior and better than the most incredible amount of gold. you could own Fort Knox and you would not have anything of value when you compared it to the word of God the Word of God is the most valuable book on the planet. That library of 66 books is what enabled you and me to see Jesus Christ and Him crucified, buried, and risen again, to see our sins, to see Him paying that sin debt. And I'm glad to report to you, and I'm glad to tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ would not have been revealed had it not been for God supernaturally writing it down, and preserving it for us even to this year, 2020. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you would encourage our hearts, strengthen us with your might by your spirit in the inner man, enlighten our eyes, open it to the word of God. May you leap off the page. May we see Jesus. May we see your will. And may we be obedient and say, Lord, I don't want to stray. So you keep me intact. And it's good for me that I've been afflicted. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton. Have a great week. Every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through.
been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton, you can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.